changing the world one smile at a time. It's Dr. Brady with the Drilled Podcast. I'm drilling down, down, down. I'm getting deeper. I'm looking round, round, round. Like a midnight peeper. Is it it's cool, made of cheese? If I dig straight through on this big Chinese, I got some questions, you got some answers. Tell me, please, please, please. Tell me, please, please, please. Tell me, please, please, please. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Drilled with Dr. Brady podcast. Lowell is absent today, but we have another guest who's just as good. Uh, We have a dentist joining us today. I want to let you guys know that there's not a lot of people in the world that I think practice dentistry the same way or similarly that I do, that I had an influence over to, to get them to practice the way that I do. Not that I actively do that, but it's really interesting when there's somebody who lives across the country from me that I see on the internet giving dentists the same trouble that I give dentists and triggering dentists all over the place. And that is my guest today, Dr. Stephen Motner, joining us from Florida, the last bastion of freedom. Am I right? Yeah, I actually went out to dinner last night in a restaurant. You, you grandma killer. You grandma killer. Yeah. How could you? Well, we have too many grandmas. That's my that's my motto. That's Way true. That you guys got a lot of grandmas. Enough, yeah. You got some to spare. <laughs> yeah. So so let me let me just introduce uh, 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 Doctor Motner here. Um, he is. Uh, we've only met online. We had we had a few interactions online, but we. Act, I want to share a story. We just kind of talked about this in our pre chat, Steve. But um, I had a patient in my chair just a few months ago. It was recent. And she was telling me that she had um, uh, she had moved here from Florida, and she said she had a crown done. She was kind of confused about what was done and what, what she had a few crowns to do, and one of them was done. She didn't know which one was done, and she goes, "I just remember my dentist in Florida was super cheap," and I was like, "Is his name Stephen Montner?" And she opens her eyes really big, and she goes, "Yes, it was," and she had great things to say about you. Don't cheap as an inexpensive. Right. And, um, and I told her, I said, he's my favorite, he's my favorite internet dentist on all the Facebook groups that I'm a part of. We, we are part of like the the similar Facebook groups. Uh, Dr. Motner has written a book or co-written a book called no nonsense for dentistry, no nonsense dentistry for dental peeps. And I own the book and I've read the book and it's fantastic. And it was co-written by another uh, drilled podcast guest of ours, Emily Latran, who is also fantastic. Uh, so tell me this, Steve, um, how do you get wrangled into, listen, just what I know from your online personality, how do you get wrangled into writing a book? Well, uh, Emily just contacted me. She's, uh, Emily's very aggressive and, uh, <laughs> she, and she wants to have a career with, um, I guess, consulting and, teaching and all that stuff. So she's very aggressive and she contacted me because I love to write a, a book with you. So I said, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? And for me, it was very easy to write that because, uh, most of the stuff I took from my blog posts and, and then I had to write one chapter 
from scratch. And uh, so I, I said, okay, I'm in. So we'll, basically I just, you know, rearranged some of my, my blog posts and put in some original stuff and I sent it to her. And uh, her editor was like uh, in shock uh, with some of the stuff. She couldn't believe we were going to print that. But uh, <laughs> I said, tell her to chill out and uh, just edit, you know? <laughs> just, you know just, just do it. Just, just print it. The ground, you know, enough of, don't worry about the content. Yeah. And that was it. Well, uh, let's see. How long? Let's do this. How long have you been practicing dentistry? Since uh, 1987. 1987. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good amount of time. Well, here's what I like about you, Steve. And I'm so listen. I'm really. Uh, I'm. I'm actually more excited than I'm probably letting on that we're chatting because I've. I've really, really enjoyed your online presence um, from afar. It's like. Um, it's like sometimes I'm reading comments from Dennis and I'm like, oh, I should say this. And then I look and Stephen Mottner has already said it. And uh, you take you take the ideas away from me. You got the guts to, to it's like, doesn't care what they think about you, what they say about you. I've got to, I've got to ask you, dude, you, do you get, a, how many messages do you get? Is it a regular thing that you get messages from people who are upset with you? No, I'm uh, where on Facebook. Or yeah, like on fa like some random hygienist or, or or boutique bougie dentist who's like, you're. Here's what I get. I'm also inexpensive. Um, in my dental office, deliberately so. I believe it's a, it's a, it's a more of a catch-all net to get more people in, and and I do very well, and I have partners, and we do we do very well. Uh, I think it's easier for more dentists to do well if you make your services accessible to more people. That's the thesis, okay? So dentistry goes the opposite way, right? Dentistry is, hey, let's figure out how to, how to chop ourselves off at the knees. Let's figure out how to drop all the insurances. Let's jack all of our prices up. Let's, uh, right. let's do all these things that narrow your ability to, to see more patients. Now, I'm of the, and I believe you probably have the same mentality, but I get lots of, I, I want to say hate mail. I get a lot of, uh, you're a disgrace to the profession. You are the, you are what's, you are the reason why we're being held back in our profession. I get a lot of that. Well, crap. I, used to get that. I, I got, to, I used to get that a few years ago, but lately that's been died down because, um, you know, it's already been done. The, the ones that have already, you know, wanted to criticize me already have. So, and I really haven't been posting that much lately about pr prices and stuff. I'm just kind of, I just go in there and make some quick snarky comments about whatever topic is the topic of the day. So, yeah, but I did get initially a lot of, you know, negative comments or criticisms, but uh, I don't, so that doesn't bother me. I consider that like a, a badge of honor. And actually yeah, uh, I think do. it's a good thing because if, if more people thought like us, I'd have to um, find another way to compete, you know, maybe on quality or customer service or one of those that would suck. Nonsensical things that they always tell us to do. <laughs> You'd have to refine those margins of yours, wouldn't you? Jeez. Yeah, I actually maybe have to clean the office uh, occasionally too. You know, that, I, I don't, you know, but right now, thankfully, there's enough people that disagree with that kind of a model that, you know, this uh, it's good for us to, you know, there's enough markets we could we could compete. But I, I got a lot of um, negative comments, but I, I ignored them. Doesn't bother me. I enjoy it actually. Yeah, I enjoy it too. Actually, uh, so I had I had one except I well 
I, I talked about this off air cause I can't talk about it on air anymore, but, um, uh, I did have one interaction I had to, <laughs> I wish didn't happen, but for the most part, um, for the most part, yeah, you get these dentists and sometimes uh, hygienists or dental, other dental professionals who kind of have a problem with the way that you practice. Um, now, I don't have a problem with an individual having a boutique, bougie, high-end, everything nice, waterfall in the front in the front lobby type of practice. I have a right. problem with every single dentist wanting to go that direction. So it's hard to pin it on an individual and say, "Hey, you're you're." you're adding to this problem where patients, you know, you know, there's no patience left for anybody because you're all going after the top 10% of wealthy people who also don't have dental problems because healthy, you know, healthy, well-educated, affluent people don't really have as many dental problems as the lower socioeconomic demographics. But it's more of a collective, a collective like abandonment where like you're not one person is like, is, uh, is guilty of it, but it's more of a collective thing. Do you see, do you see that dentistry as, um, like, okay. So when you have these posts, we get a lot of posts, we're on the same Facebook group. So you'll know what I'm talking about. You get posts from young dentists who are saying there's no jobs. There's no jobs. I can't get a job or the job that I'm getting pays, um, a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. Which seems like if you're listening to this and you're a patient, you're thinking, well, that sounds like a lot. That's not a lot for a dentist. Um, in fact, that's not even close to enough for a dentist. But when you see that, do you have a, do you make, how do you make sense of that? How do you make sense of there's no jobs or the jobs don't pay enough? Well, I'm not really sure about the jobs because I'm not, I'm not out there looking, but I think there are jobs where I think young dentists are too picky because first of all, when I, when I worked for my dad originally. Oh, I, I didn't know that. And he didn't have enough uh, business to uh, pay me like a reasonable income. So I didn't. I bitched and moaned for a few minutes and I went out and found another job and the job I found, it took a while to find a second job and I wasn't fussy. I, I worked in Harlem at a Medicaid practice with no guarantee. He did pay me 40% commission, but there was no guarantee yeah. and I was thankful to take it because I just wanted to make money. So I think some dentists are, you know, I read these posts where the, uh, the, the, the topic is what should a, a young dentist ask the, uh, the owner uh, what questions they should ask the owner about the job. And I, and that is so stupid. They All they need to know is the compensation and the hours. And uh, is the job still open? That's it. Yeah. Take the first job you could get, even if it stinks, because you first of all, you're earning money and you learn. You know, I, I, I had some horrible jobs. You know, one, one job, one office I worked at, uh, they didn't even pay me on time. And they had like a, I used a barber chair in one of the operatories and, and, uh, and I took it and they actually fired me from that job. Can you believe it? They actually fired me. This, this crappy job actually fired me. So I went out and found another crappy job until I eventually moved to Florida. And uh, fortunately I met an old classmate that was selling his office and I bought my own place. But I think these young dentists are too fussy, you know? Yeah. But I also think on the other hand, a lot of these dentists don't need associates. They don't really have enough business for associates, but they're either lazy or they're looking to transition out or they want to build a mini DSO. So I don't know. So there's a, a, a lot of misguided thinking on both sides. The associates are too picky and the dentist maybe don't even need associates in some cases. Well, that's a huge problem too, because if the dentist doesn't need an associate, they're looking for ways to screw the associate out of production. 
and, and ways to pay them. You should be able to amply, you know, um, pay your, uh, pay your associate, have the work that they need to do. Yeah. What your experience with your dad, that's interesting because almost everyone I know that goes and works for dad or an uncle or family members, they find out really quick. There's no, there's no work to do. And the more often than not, um, uh, uh, dad wasn't prepared to bring on an associate. And then, uh, you, you get, um, you know, the, the young gun has to go find another job somewhere else. Um, I wonder if that's because, uh, I mean, was your dad trying to cut down to like three days a week or two days a week? And, you know, cause no, he, he wasn't trying to cut down at all. He just, uh, you know, my dad was great, but he wasn't like, like a business type oriented dentist. So I, I just think he didn't realize he didn't think about it or he didn't think that maybe I want to make the same type of uh, income that he did and live the same type of life. He just saw me as, you know, his son and he wants to help me out and get started. Yeah. You know, and eventually take over and in the meantime, just uh, suck it up and, you know, take the crumbs. And I don't think he was doing it in a negative way. I just don't think he was approaching it from that standpoint. Like my practice, I had associates for many years and my practice could have absorbed a, a family member, but his practice couldn't, Yeah, you know, but you know, after my initial disappointment, I went out and found another job. And eventually I found a great job at a Medicaid office where I learned a lot. Yeah. And, and, the, and the two owners were these two guys. We had a lot in common, you know, and uh, we just got along great. And, you know, eventually the owner turned when on the two days a week that I worked there. The owner barely even came in because he could saw that he could trust me, and uh, he was single. He didn't need he, he didn't need like a huge amount of money, and he let me just run the place myself. Yeah. And it, with his other brother, his other brother was the manager, and it was great Medicaid. I, I the, the the fees were absurdly low, but I realized I could make good money doing absurdly low price dentistry on people that didn't have. Um, a financial impediment to accepting treatment, you know, cause Medicaid covered everything. So yeah. I would just tell them, Hey, this, 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 and you want to start now? And they would say yes. And I would do as much work as I could in a short amount of time as possible because, uh, who knew if these people would ever come back again. Yeah. You know, so that was, no, I know. So I've accepted Medicaid. So I've been a dentist for 11 years. I've, I've always accepted Medicaid. I did in Colorado and I do here. So I set up in Colorado and then I came to Washington, started a couple of practices from scratch. And from the get go, I incorporate Medicaid and I stay with Medicaid because exactly yeah, what you're saying. It, oh, did you drop I it? Dropped it yeah, because it's Florida, the Medicaid really isn't good. <clears throat> and they are transitioning over to like a managed care thing. Yeah. And uh, one patient sued me and I did, and then they're kind of like scuzzy. And I, I just decided to get rid of the whole thing. You yeah, know. well, it's it's difficult because you definitely get a, a different uh, people who think about dentistry differently. But what you said was, you know, you don't have the financial impediment. What I also found out is that, uh, you know, I, I place implants and I do, I don't know, 300 to, three to 400 implants a year. And wow. 70% of my implants come from Medicaid patients because it's not a covered wow. benefit. So if it's not a covered right. benefit, all of a sudden my Medicaid patients become fee for service, which is what all these dentists go gaga over. They want a fee for service practice where they don't have to deal with insurance. They set their own rates. Um, I don't think they'd like my rates. I'm 2000 bucks for an implant or for an implant abutment and crown, which is, you know, absurdly low to most dentists. 
but I'm 1500. So, I, but I, I take I get the implant cases from my insurance patients. It's the same thing. They come in, yeah, you know, because I take their insurance, and then they need an implant, and we do the implant instead of the covered uh, partial or, or three unit bridge or crown. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the same. Uh, same situation in my practice. Yeah. So when people say, you know, so, you know, do I do a filling for $47? I do. I do. I'll do yeah. a two surface filling for $47. I'll do an extract, a surgical extraction for $58, which by the Absolutely. way, cost me one carp of lidocaine. Right. You know, so it cost me a 50 cent carp of lidocaine and 12 minutes of my time to take a tooth out. So my, so I've, 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 I've learned to be okay with dealing with those fees. But if you have your horse blinders on, like most dentists do, they just can't get past that. And I've had dentists tell me like, don't you know your self-worth? Don't you know how much you're worth? And I said, yeah, I'm worth, I'm, I, I do okay financially. Um, and I, you know, I wish you could just put like something tattooed on your forehead that says, this is how much I make. How much do you make? How much do I make? Cause I, I would, in most of those conversations, I'm willing to bet I do better than you probably financially on an annual well, basis. You know, these guys do nothing about economics cause we're all worth nothing. We're worth what someone else is willing to pay us for our product or service. So I'm actually right. worth nothing. So if someone wants to pay me four ninety for a crown, I'm worth four ninety. Right. I'm not worth fifteen hundred. I'm worth what they want to pay me. I have no ego. I'm I, I'm thankful that they come in and want to pay me. It's amazing that they actually come into this place and want to pay me. They sit there for two hours. They wait. Sometimes I'm not even nice to them, or I'm nice, <laughs> but I'm like what? And that's what I'm worth. I'm worth what they want to pay me. Yeah. You know? if, you're, if your prices are low enough, you don't even have to be nice to people. That's awesome. Fantastic. No, I am nice. Actually, you don't have the, to be the, though. The, 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 right. I am actually <laughs> nice. The funny thing is, I'm probably nicer to my patients than all these people service guys are because I talk with them, I joke with them, but it's quick. Yeah. You don't have to spend two hours with someone and and explore their their inner passions and have a psychotherapy session to, to get to know them. You could, I get to, you could get to know someone in five minutes. Totally. You know, it's like a singles bar. You yeah. know, in five minutes. You know, if a woman wants to go with you or not, you know, you yeah. get a connection. So I get a quick connection, but yes, I don't have to be nice. If they're going to be jerks or impatient <laughs> or rush me, I don't have to be nice either. You know, um, it, it, it goes, it, it depends on the situation. The other but, stat that I wanted to compare, because I'm, I, I think guys like us get a lot of these good stats, which is um, uh, new patients. Now, if you don't accept Medicaid, how many new patients you get? Everyone else in the real world. Um, loves to, to, you know, get, they get 30 new patients a month. They're feeling pretty good about that. So in my office, we get 180 to 220 new patients every single month, but we are, wow. we are on an Island where no one accepts state insurance there. So let me, um, let me, before, before I go to my other tangent here, what are your being as low price as you are? What are your, what are your new patient numbers? How many? Yeah, around a hundred, around a hundred. Which is, yeah. which is like amazing. I mean, like uh, by any standard, that's, that's incredible. I, and I bet if you accepted Medicaid, you'd, you'd double that for sure. Yeah. But I just don't want, I don't like Medicaid, but, yeah. and I don't like dealing with the state, right. you know? So I, I accept a lot of, um, pretty much everything except Medicaid. And I have a lot of Medicare Advantage plans in my area. You know, we have, you know, Florida has a lot of senior citizens. Totally. And Medicare Advantage 
plans give them dental insurance that covers, uh, you know, they give you limited dental. There's some of them actually even are covering two implants a year now, and they cover dentures. No way. A couple of really? Yeah. Oh, we don't yes, get, it's we, very good. We don't get that. I don't get that at all. Um, well, because Florida has a lot of seniors, so these Medicare, you know, these private insurance companies have a me- Medicare advantage, like Humana, Aetna, um, United Healthcare, and they give them a dental benefit. And they, they cover dentures, partials, maybe one or two crowns a year, even two implants a year. So, so I'm doing a lot of the, a lot of that. Um, no, that's that's really great. The only thing that we get here in Washington that I that I found is kind of extra. <laughs> maybe it shows what we have here in Washington. Uh, any Washington resident that's HIV positive gets a special dental bonus plan, but they changed it in 2020. In 2019, it was the best insurance plan that I'd ever heard of um, because it was unlimited. Whatever dentistry you wanted to do. So if you wanted to do 28 implants on someone, you could do 28, they'd pay for it, right? You could do, uh, so I did a number of these like roundhouse bridges on, on, you know, six to eight implants in an arch. And it was by far the most I'd ever made off like a single patient interaction. And I don't know if I was the reason, um, but you had to accept state insurance. You had to be a state provider to qualify to do this. So there weren't a lot of people who even knew about it, I think. And, um, I might've run it out of business because in 2020 they changed all the rules and it wasn't unlimited anymore. It was like one implant. Um, you had to do partials first. Then you had to start, you had to start, uh, in, you couldn't do crowns on posterior teeth unless they were an abutment for a partial denture, all these, uh, right. and it was, uh, then it was changed like 2,500 bucks a year instead of unlimited. And it was right. too bad because a lot of these people actually needed their life changed by this type of dentistry. Like these were some of my most grateful patients who in, in most need. Right. But, um, yeah, those programs well, are that's great. The problem with government. They, uh, they make a benefit to they cause they think they're quote unquote helping. Then when they see it costs too much, they, they, they scale it back. Yeah. You know, so it's true. No, it's definitely true. Um, okay. So why have you, so you own your own practice, right? Right. So you, you get a, you're the boss, man. You, you set your prices how you want. You know, you're low. Why do you stay low? What's your thesis here? What's your, what's your, yeah. Well, yeah, that's another thing. People always tell me, you know, now that you're busy, why don't you drop insurances? Why, why don't you raise your fees? And I say, well, why kill the golden goose? It's obviously working. So keep doing it. Also, I, I still need to earn more money. I don't have enough to retire. I have alimony to pay. And I want to keep the value of the practice up so I could sell it at a high. You know, you don't, these guys that scale their practices back and then sell it for like pennies on the dollar are idiots. I want to keep my practice going at full steam. So when I decide to sell it, it's valuable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How far off are you from, from those retirement, from joining those senior citizens in retirement in Florida? I'd say three to 10 years, depending on my financial situation, yeah. um, my uh, mental status, physical status, and probably the alimony, because <laughs> I, I had a bad lawyer, I listened to him, and I made a bad alimony settlement, and for years I fought it, and that delayed my paying it off. I would have been paid off by next year if I had just sucked it up and paid it, but I fought it, 
Mm. So I, that, that's going to take me another five, six years to pay off. But okay. it just depends. It depends. Yeah. You know? Okay. So we'll see. But I'm all right with working another three to ten years. It just really depends. So when you, uh, for me, um, do you, uh, so you think that you are making more money doing low price dentistry? Oh, hundred percent. People tell me they come to me because of the fee. Yeah. You know, I, I don't even, I don't track case acceptance. I don't even have a, I mean, I just have to talk. I just tell them what I charge. And also I'm a nice person. I have a good personality. So with the, with the personality and the fees I charge, it's almost, I almost never have someone say no. If they yeah. say no to me, those, these people are destitute. Yeah. You know, I always say that if they can't afford me, they're not getting dentistry. You're, you're 490. Like you're 490 for a crown. Yeah. You know, there are a few patients that don't trust me Yeah, because you know, they, they don't like the atmosphere of the office. It's very busy and mm-hmm. sometimes it's rushed and, you know, sometimes I'll throw a temper tantrum in the middle of the day because someone pisses me off. But other than that, most people accept the treatment because of the fee. Right. It, right. It, yeah. And you're, you're 490 for a crown. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, uh, I got a fee. One day I'm going to have to go over 500. I'm just, that's the, we'll I see. Lo- I mean, listen, I love it, man. I lo- I'm 650 for a crown. So it's, uh, I'm, and I feel the same way. Every, every now and then someone's like, how much is this tooth going to cost me to fix? And I go, it's 650 bucks. And their eyes will get big and they're like, that's so much for a tooth. I'm like, you don't even know. Like, you don't have to go a mile from my office to find a $1,500 crown. Like, that's... Oh, yeah. There's someone right across the street that's charging that, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, then how do you deal with the... Um, okay, so this is the other thing that I think is interesting. And I've changed the way I... I've changed the way that I approach this question. I know you get this question a lot. But, hey... Why are you so exp- why are you so inexpensive? Why I came here as a second opinion. This guy wants to charge me twelve hundred bucks for a crown. Why are you charging four ninety? That and then some patients get uh, skeptical, right? Like maybe you're using some weird, some weird uh, Craigslist lab or something like that. How do you handle the uh, the question? Why are you so inexpensive and they aren't? Well, I tell them, uh, you know. I- I built up a busy practice over the years. The lab gives me a very good discount. I'm, I'm, I'm very fast. And it, it really doesn't take the, too long to do a crown. You know, it, you know and I, I believe, uh, and I prefer to work on a lot of patients and make a little less than uh, work on just a few patients and make more. I, I feel that dentistry is overpriced and you don't need to charge $1,500 to do a good crown. So it's a combination of my speed, uh, my uh, philosophy. I'm not a greedy person. And uh, I get a good discount from the lab because of the volume I give them. I love that. So, yeah. So I, I and I throw it back on the patients too. And I like, you gotta go tell the other guy, ask the other guy why he's so much because my, uh, my crown cost me about a hundred bucks. That's what my crown cost me, you know, just in lab costs. Maybe you got some materials in there. That's 50, 60 bucks. So I'm still making a pretty decent margin by any, by any, uh, measurement, but you know, the 1500 number, the $1,200 number that to me is like, man, it's, it's a 10 X. It's like 10 times more than what it cost me to make. So you got to go ask yeah. the other guy why he's so expensive. You know, why are Im- implants? I get this the most. Why are you 2000 and they're 4,500 bucks? And I say, well, I don't charge for bone grafting. That's one thing I do. So if I need bone grafting, I, if, if I'm doing a socket preservation, I don't charge for that. 
So that's 800 bucks right there usually or more. And then again, the same rules apply. I just go right into it with the patients on, uh, here's my overhead. I'll share it with you. This is what it cost me to do this. This is what it cost me to do this. I want to make a decent amount of money myself. And again, like you said, I'm not a greedy person, so I'm not charging $4,500. I'm charging $2,000. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much what I tell them. You know, I, you know, I, I just tell them that, you know, dentistry is overpriced. It doesn't take a, a, a lot of time to do a crown. Actually, the, the fees in dentistry are, are backwards. Fillings and root canals and extractions should be, we should charge more for that than for crowns because I could prep a tooth in three minutes and walk away and the yeah. assistant does the rest of the work. Yep. But uh, a filling, I'm stuck with the patient. I know there are some states where the assistant could place the final restoration, but in Florida, we can't do that. So mm. a, a, a tooth surface posterior composite on tooth number 18 takes me sometimes more time than doing a crown Yeah. or an ex, or a tough extraction or um, even a root canal. I mean, my assistant can't, the only thing my assistant could do with the root canal is take the x-ray. So, yeah. you know, with the root canal, we're stuck with that until uh, until we're done with it. So the crowns, I think, uh, should be charged. I mean, we should actually charge more for the, the procedures where we're stuck with the patients. Yeah. You know, like, like well, the ones fillings. That, I mean, the yeah. should be. No, you're true. A filling should be four ninety, and a crown should be one hundred. I mean, it's like the opposite. It's reverse. <laughs> exactly. Don't tell anyone that, but that's the truth. Right. I hate the filling. Yeah. When I see a, a when I see a four thirty filling on the schedule, I literally explode sometimes. Like a what now? Or when it says new patient filling mm -hmm. at four thirty? Oh my god! Well, I hit the roof. I'm one of the. I'm one of the lucky guys who gets the F does the, mm -hmm. the expanded mm -hmm. function dental assistance that placed all my fillings for me. I do some fillings every now and then just so I don't forget how to ride a bicycle. But uh, right. uh, Colorado and Washington, the two states I've worked in, allow for FDES, and it is, it's the promised land, my friend. It is, it is yeah, we so have, great. Uh, yeah, we have that with, you know, they could do crowns and and uh, and dentures, but uh, they can't do fillings, so. Yeah, that that's the fillings are the worst. If, that, that, oh, if, you, if I could do what you could do, I, I could probably, uh, and then I would have no problem doing fillings. I just yeah. prep the tooth in thirty seconds, and then hand uh, turn. That's awesome. Well, you know what's you know what's interesting. What's interesting is that when I interview these F does for like job applications, what they tell me um, is where they worked previously. Most dentists don't want them placing their fillings. Like most dentists have a problem with that. And I can see where that yeah. comes from, you know, like, like that's, that's their, that's their work. And they, they worry about some undertrained individual doing it, but they go to a special, I mean, it's like, oh, it's like nine months, a year or something like that, that they have to go uh, after being an assistant for five years, they have to go to this training. They pay a bunch of money. It's like cost them like four grand to do it. Right. And, and they get fully, like it's a full-time class for like a year and they get trained on what how to um, I pay my, let's see, I would say any between 30 and 35 bucks an hour. Yeah. That, you know, I think that someone like that is worth more than a hygienist in my practice. Mm -hmm. That will be worth more than a hygienist, something like that. Well, the yeah. hygienist, the hygienist, all the hygienists in Washington are usually, um, restorative hygienists where the, so the hygienist can do that too, but a hygienist comes around my office. So I don't, I don't work with hygienists. I don't, uh, I never have like, uh, just don't. So I do all the cleanings myself, but, uh, 
Um, the hygienist costs. What's that? I don't have time to do the cleaning. You know, I, I have the hygienist. Well, I've I'm not stuck on either way. Like I I definitely I've interviewed some hygienists. I've uh, I've said some things on my podcast that a hygienist um, know about. And I've had problems with hygienists liking me. So, uh -huh. um, but I'm not against hygienists uh, coming to the office. It had to be the right one who also is okay with being paid by production and being paid, you know, to go fast. Like I, like we need to go well, fast. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I've had hygienists for years and I just don't have the time for the cleanings. And uh, I got lucky that I, I, I got uh, two hygienists that are dentists from another country that got their hygiene licenses. And uh, years ago, a lot of, there was like a glut of a uh, hygienist down in Miami. So one of them came up from Miami and mm. you know, they were working for so cheap. Uh, what I'm paying them is uh, they're grateful for that. So Good. I'll tell you the best time ever was when we had the, uh, we had the five week uh, shutdown on quote unquote essential services by, yeah. uh, in Florida here. Yeah. So I worked for a month without hygienists and I didn't do any exams because we had to just quote unquote do emergencies yeah, you know, which is uh, you know, there's a uh, a dental emergency is a broad thing. It could be anywhere from a denture adjustment, you know, all the way to like a a major car accident where their head is bashed in. So sure. I, it, it was the best time ever. We worked uh, for four weeks without hygiene, just me doing emergencies, you know, quote unquote emergencies. That was great. I, I'm not going to do that again, but. <laughs> I, I have to. I have to offer cleaning. You got to wait for the next election year. When the next election year comes by, there'll be another emergency. Certainly, probably. I don't know about Florida, unless we have a, a crazy Democratic governor. But thankfully, we have a DeSantis. He's a great governor. Yeah, you that know? you know. And uh, it's interesting. Your last blog post. For those who don't know, Madi has a blog post, a uh, blog on Facebook. You can look up Madi's blog. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. He does these like. Uh, Oh, top 10 reasons, top five reasons of something or, or whatever. And you did this last one, which I really liked because it was all the top 10, like useless things that Dennis did to keep you safe. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Top 10 most annoying things Dennis did during the, during the, during the pandemic. Uh, and I hope this offends someone. That's what you say. I love it. Um, and I, I was excited that I only did one of those things. I was only guilty of one of them on the on the whole list. There was, um, I want to go over a couple of these things. Uh, rushed to donate their PPE. There was no way I was donating my PPE. No way. Yeah. Who are these dinners do doing this? Yeah. No way. Why would I do that? And then, and then they would post themselves like donating to a hospital. I'm like, I am, there is no, like the hospital doesn't need my 12 packs of masks and gloves like i'm not I, I do need that they don't need like there's no way i'm doing that never yeah, never exactly. uh cashed in their iras <laughs> to buy glorified vacuum cleaners to purify the air in their offices um i got contacted by the henry shine rep my regular rep that comes in saying um hey we got some discounts running on these negative pressure um devices and it was like you know, for six ops, it was going to be like $25,000. And I was like, yeah, hard pass. I'm not doing that. Um, and well, I, I use Darby, so I don't have a rep. I got, the mm. reps are too annoying, you know? Sure. But I have. A, I use Dental Fix for my equipment repairs and installations. He knew not to call me about that. Yeah. He knows how it cracked. He didn't even try. Because <laughs> if, I, if he had called me on that, I, I would have left in his face. And he knows it. He would have left with me. Yeah. He, he, 
he was very actually he was very busy uh, doing those type of installations. I called him several times for uh, you know equipment uh, breakdowns, like my, you know my chair was leaking water yeah. or it was making noises, and he didn't answer me. And I said, "Where have you been?" He goes, oh, "I've been doing some installations with HEPA filters." So we kind of laughed. You know, he knows not, he knew not to call me. Well, there, there was just no way that I was like, listen, I'm under, I operate under the thesis that, that dentists are probably the safest place. We've been around infectious disease all the time. We're already wearing masks and eye protection in most cases, right? It's like uh, gloved, we're always gloved up. Like, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I started practicing during AIDS. Uh, you know, I survived. Yeah. I was doing Medicaid dentistry during AIDS in Harlem. I made it through that. I know AIDS is an airborne, but it's the same principle. And, you know, I, I did work with a shield for a while, but the thing is too annoying. So now I'm back to my it's terrible. goggles and just like I've always done, you know, with my scrubs, bare yeah. arms, that's it. You know, yeah, I try I to shield to for I try to shield for about three seconds, and I was like, "This is not work. Nope, not working. Not doing it." Um, I love that you put down selfies of them dressed in their PPE. Lots of selfies of dentists on Facebook and Instagram showing them with their three N95 masks on and and uh, mummified wrappings of everything around their face. Uh, yeah, that, love that. that. You that know, okay, so check this out. I was flying on, I think it was American Airlines, might have been Delta. It was uh, maybe six months ago. And in their little uh, memo to the to the passenger before, like right before they take off, they had this little video screen and it tells you about the plane and the safety procedures and all that stuff. And they said, and I'm almost verbatim, they said this, during to accommodate for the pandemic, we have done over a hundred things to ensure your safety. They didn't tell you what the things were, just that they did a hundred of them. And that's like, that's what this whole pandemic is. It's like, how many things can we do to, to show that we care? And it's, it's this unsatiated beast of like, it doesn't matter how much you do. There's all, you gotta do more. Even if it's like, you know, um, the analogy I like to, it's like this, it's like, a, I drink soda. I drink a lot of diet Coke. So it's been suggested to me that I should, um, buy from Costco because I can buy more of it and that I don't buy from the fountain drinks at fast food restaurants or gas stations. But I believe that the soda tastes better from the fountain drinks and the gas station. And I'm aware it costs more. And if you do the price analysis on, if I don't, you know, so if I spend $2 a day on a soda, over a year, it's like 700 bucks. But at my level of income and my level of debt and my level of way of living, 700 bucks just doesn't make a difference. So it's like if right. I were to make that change, it's an inconvenience for me. I don't like it as much, but it literally right. does nothing. For, like 700 bucks at the end of the year over over the whole year does nothing for me. Nothing. Right. And that's well, what- You got these guys that I'll tell you, you invested in a, in the market over like 40 years, it, it becomes like a hundred million dollars. But you know, that, that's a stupid attitude to have. Cause I'm like with you, if it, if I could save time, you know, with a, a service that's not really that expensive, I'll do it. Like I have a guy come and detail my car at the office. I don't take it to the car wash. Same. I know he's charging more, mm-hmm. but he's doing it while I'm in there doing patients. You know, now I don't have to go to the car wash after work. I mean, uh, yes, I could sit in the car wash, but I don't want to go to the car wash. Yeah. No? Same thing. I love having my car detailer comes to my house. 
Yeah, I don't drink soda, by the way, but that's another topic. You know, oh, I have a pretty healthy. No, I shouldn't. I'm pretty sure it's killing me slowly, but uh, yeah. but they do I'm a, say I'm a, I'm a pretty healthy guy. I'm I'm like a right wing health nut. You can be a right winger and still care about your health. It's not like it's not mutually exclusive, you know. Yeah. So I'm a very healthy person. I do drink. I don't smoke. I exercise, and I I don't I do eat meat, but I, no, not a lot. You know, I eat a lot of turkey, chicken, okay, tuna. That's impressive. Uh, I, I, I think I tried to quit Diet Coke for a couple of weeks one time, and it didn't, it didn't work. I don't know what it is, man. I quit, doing, I quit drinking soda when I became a dentist. I was working with my dad. Did you really? Oh, wow. Home. So my mom was uh, you know, making us both lunch, and she'd throw in a can of Coke in there. And it just made me feel heavy. You know, I don't, like to be, I don't want to be fat. So it just made me feel very heavy, and I decided to stop drinking it. Yeah. And then years later, of course, after seeing this in my practice, all the patients that drink sodas, orange juice, and all that stuff, they, they were always getting recurrent decay. So, like, one time I had a kid, I did, like, 10 fillings on him, and six months later he came in for his exam, and they were all re-decayed. So, at first I thought, and the father started yelling at me, what a crappy dentist I am. I said, wait a minute, does your son drink Coke? He goes, yeah, he drinks, like, a six-pack a day. I said, well, that's it. not my fault. Yeah, you yeah. Know? He loved me, of course, thank God. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, it's just bad, that stuff, but you know, it's your choice. I respect it. Listen, we all have our shortcomings, man. We all got, yeah, a, of course. Uh, we all got our things. There's a, there's, there's worse vices to have. I'm, I'm pretty oh, comfortable absolutely. with diet Coke being the worst thing I do. Anyway, back to your what list, Marty, back to your list. There were the one, yeah. the one thing I was guilty of. Let's see. I didn't do selfies dressed in my PPE. I didn't get rid of my magazines. You have tossing magazines is one of the annoying things that Dennis did. Uh, I never closed my office. Never. So um, neither. Uh, we were told, here's the thing. This was interesting because patients were told that dentists needed to close because dentists were closing. And so their dentist was closing. So they were under the impression that, that we were being regulated from like a regulatory or some authoritative agency was telling us to close. That was never the case. I don't think in any state that I'm aware of, it was always open for emergencies, right? But the problem is if you're a dentist and you don't do extractions and you don't do root canals, what you're not really a dentist in those types of situations, right? You can't really. My office is like an emergency room for dentistry. So my office is tailor-made for this type of thing. Mine too, most exactly. Of the I do, most of the things I do are emergencies anyway. So I stayed open. You know, I only, I, the, the funny thing was my spring break started the week of the shutdown. So like on Friday night, yeah, uh, a buddy of mine called me and said, Hey, you got shut down. So I said, what do you mean? I got shut down. So he, he emailed me the governor's order and I said, let me read this thing. And I'll get right back to you. So I read it and I called him back. I said, you know, I'm not shut down. I have to shut down my hygiene because it's quote unquote, non-essential, yeah. but I'm not, sh I'm not shutting down. So what I did was, when we came back, I called up the hygienist uh, during the break. I said, look, guys, you can't work till May 11th because uh, the governor is shutting down non-essential. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then I uh, went back in. I didn't cancel any patients. I went back in Monday. I said, I'm going to let the patients decide what I do. So I could tell right away that there were a large number of people canceling. So I just I said, call everybody up. We're not working late. Condense these people into the morning. I'm going to work 8 to 
whenever I'm done. And we were able to see a full day's worth of patients yeah. in the morning. I, lo- I left a couple of patients up just because I refused to work late. And I wasn't doing temperatures. Uh, one lady who'd been coming to me for years goes, why aren't you taking temperatures? I said, because first of all, a temperature proves nothing. It Temperature check proves nothing. First of all, I never had a patient yeah. come to the office with a fever anyway. And if they were dumb enough to come with a fever, I would tell them to go home. You're sick. Go home. You're sick. You go home. If I'm sick, I stay home. Yeah. So the temperature thing is just a, another cosmetic feel-good uh, thing that, that really accomplishes nothing. It so, adds to the list of 100 things that you can do to show you care. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I care, but I don't care. I mean, the, the it's common sense. You're sick, stay home. Right. You know? So... Okay. So I didn't do any. So, so the only back, thing I've really done in my office. Go ahead, finish the list. Finish let's the list. no, no. Let's see. Um, so, uh, sending daily emails to the patients to ensure that we're taking all the appropriate precautions to keep them safe. I never, I never communicated with my patients like in like any kind of like mass email or mass letter or mass text message. I never posted vaccine selfies. I actually never got the vaccine because I actually got COVID over Christmas. So. Not get, I, I don't. I don't think I need the vaccine. I don't know if that's right or not. But I. No, I'm. I'm with you. If I, I had. I if I vaccine. have. If I had measles. You have an inherent immunity, and then one of my buddies, when I said I'm not going to get the vaccine, first of all, old people need it more than me. I would think. Um, I've had the disease, so there should be some built-in immunity. I trust my immune system to do that. That's what I understand about viruses, but also. And then my buddy was like, well, there's variants. I was like, then my, well, then my vaccine for this variant is only good for that variant, right? And I had to get another vaccine for the, all the other variants that there are. So if it's a variant, I still think I'm screwed. I could still get it. But, um, and the vaccine doesn't protect against all the variants, obviously. I'm the same boat as you. I'm positive. Yeah. I, I, I had it also. I don't need a vaccine. I mean, and my, my yeah. vaccine is my immune system, which... For some reason, everyone think everyone forgot that the human beings have an immune system. Yeah, and uh, a healthy living. You know, I I don't I don't go out a lot. I, I get rest. I eat right. Yeah, I, I don't drink a lot. I don't smoke. I run. You know, I get I get exams every. Year. I go for my physicals. I keep my blood pressure down. So that's my vaccine, my lifestyle. You know, which and is the vaccine and for everything. For all the list of a hundred things that the government imposed on us during the pandemic and that businesses had to deal with the one thing that never got mentioned ever at any level of authority was your lifestyle. This might be a good time felt my fellow Americans to decide to, you know, stop eating fast food, stop, stop, you know, live right, do exercise. But of course we incentivized people to not exercise. We incentivized people to stay in their house and get fat and sassy and take to the internet, get more divisive, and uh, ruin all the relationships with your family members over yet right. another divisive, politically charged topic. The one thing that I did in your list of annoying things was, um, and I only did it for a little bit. I only did it for a little bit. I I, I very quickly learned uh, the uh, error of my ways. Was in the very beginning of the pandemic. Where was it? Turning their parking lots into waiting rooms. I did that. I did that for a second. So at the beginning, it was one of the things you could do was throw all these people into their cars. We'll text you when you come in. And to me, I was like, that's easy to do. No problem. 
I can, I can handle that. But it just got really super annoying when I had to like, I'm ready for people. And then I had to like text them and then they had mosey on in. And it was just that little like couple minutes of delay that I just started getting super annoyed with. So I was like, well, we had, uh, I think we have eight chairs in our waiting room and we reduced it to four chairs in our waiting room. We spaced out appointments a little bit longer so that there'd be more space between people. And then I, I stopped, I stopped doing yeah. it, but, but, but definitely, I think there's probably still dentists who, who don't let their patients come into the waiting room, waiting room just to check in. And then they yeah. get called. The two things I, the, the two things I did was I have the post, the obligatory Broward County poster on the, on the wall that says you have to wear a mask. Yeah. You know, cause that shows that I'm following the law. If I have a poster Yeah. and, uh, and then I, I gave patients the, anyone who was concerned we, we tell them, look, you have the option to sit in your car and we'll call you when the room is ready. Or we space them out in the office. I have a big office. It's 2,500 square feet. So there's a plenty of places to sit. So that's, that's it. That's all I've done. So yeah. uh, entering the poster thing. So check this out. Uh, I, uh, I got um, four or five board complaints over the pandemic about PPE levels, level of uh, uh, taking the virus seriously, and it all comes from people who, um, uh, so the, for the first part of the pandemic, I did not, so when I come into a room, I don't wear, I don't wear a mask, um, on a, you know, pre COVID times, I don't wear a mask until I'm in the procedure. Right. So when I talk to someone, they can see my face and talk to them. I felt really awkward wearing a mask and it took me a long time to, to make sure I was wearing the mask for all patient encounters. So patients would wear masks. I would take my mask down and I would talk to them and say, hey, I'm Dr. Smith. Nice to meet you. What's brought you here? How can I help you? And I got complaints about that. So I had to start wearing a mask at all patient encounters, which I do now because, but what happened was um, most of these complaints from the board get dropped immediately. They give me a letter of like notifying me that I've been complained about and that I should be adhering to uh, whatever decree coming from our, our emperor Jay Ensley. And, and, uh, um, so I, at one point though, because we got so many, I was like four or five, we had an investigator with the dental commission. That's our, that's our board. Um, we had an investigator from the department of health come to my office unannounced. Wow. And, um, uh, from Olympia to Vancouver, like a two hour drive. Right. So she comes and she starts, uh, she says who she is. And my, my staff comes running in the back and they're like, there's some investigator from the department of health here. I was like, don't worry, let, bring her in. Let's have a, let's have a chat. So I made sure right. I put my mask on and brought her in. And for the most part we were doing, we were, we were taking temperatures because we were asked to, and it was a good thing because it was, um, the investigator asked me if I had any protocols in place that were specific to the COVID-19, um, you know, protocols. I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, we have an intake. We have we ask people if they're sick. We ask people if they've traveled. We ask people, do they have any reason to believe that they're sick? Um, that's part of our. We added this little intake questionnaire. And the yeah, one I had that for a while. And the one thing I she said to me was, well, I noticed there's no sign on the door. There's no sign anywhere. And I said, sign of what? She's like, that masks are required. Right. And I said, oh. I said, and I didn't know, I, mean, I was legitimately, she probably thought I was playing stupid, but I was like, the patients have to wear, they have to wear a mask? Like, that's the law? 
And, and she's like, I'm actually not allowed to answer that question. I'm just an investigator. And I just noticed you don't have a sign. I was like, oh, well, I'll, I can put a sign up. No problem. So I put a sign up after that. Right. Um, and then uh, I, I put the signs up. I put the I got signs everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but the signs. The sign is like your. That's your thing. That's like your. Um, you're you're fine. If you, as long as you have a sign for everything, you're fine in today's world. You know. I, I yeah no it's so insane to me that like the sign was like like it's my job to put a sign up to tell these people what the law is for them like for their body to put a mask over their own body like put a sign on their house why doesn't the government just put a sign on their house hey if you're going to the dentist today you have to wear a mask like why do i have to put the sign up put a sign up in their car do something like i mean like right. they're the ones that have to wear the mask like i don't know i got bothered by that but it was interesting <laughs> Did you call your malpractice carry up and you got all these complaints or, or you just handle it yourself? No, listen, I'm uh, like you, Marty. I am a very nice guy, but I can be pushed to not be very nice. And then when I'm not right. very nice, I'm not very nice. Uh, and right. I, I learned from a mentor of mine, um, Dr. Holden in, Cal in Colorado. This is experience I had. I was a dentist for maybe two months and I worked with this guy and he was an incredible mentor to me. I learned so much shortened my learning curve by years. I think working with, with this guy. And one time I get to work and we were about to switch shifts. So I was going to take over for him. He was dealing with this old person and I don't know any context. I just opened the door and I walked back to the ops and I hear him say this to this old gentleman, this old octogenarian uh, with a denture in his hand. He goes to him, he turns him in and gets very upset and he goes, well, you can get the hell out of here then. <laughs> and it made me laugh uncontrollably. I mean, I, I still look back and I'm like, I don't know what was going on with that. But why Why are you yelling at this old guy to get the hell out of here? So I have experiences like that where like where someone pushed me and then he explained it and it was definitely legitimate. Like this guy definitely had it coming. But, um, you know, you get to those points. So I get board complaints from time to time and. I have had a lot of board complaints that have been resolved as personality conflicts with no, no need for resolution, no need for anything. So I've had, I've had my run-ins with investigators before and I've had my run-ins with the board and yeah, nothing serious has ever, nothing serious has ever occurred. But the problem is, is that when you have a, when you have a personality that can conflict sometimes you, you're going to get board complaints. And I just don't worry yeah. about them. I've actually never been sued. Uh, I've, I've had board complaints. Um, and I've actually had a... I've, I've, I've been sued. I've lost track of both. I have a, a, yeah. a, a, a paper that I send out to the insurance companies when they recredential me. It's got everything on there. I, I already forgot. I, I've been sued over 10 times. And I've had like maybe eight board complaints. I've I've only been fined twice. You know, I had to take continuing education. Yeah. And pay a fine. And... I had, I had to go to some guy. He had to initial my charts that I was charting properly. Yeah, you know that. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. So no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't call my malpractice for those ones. And in fact, whenever I've called my malpractice, they assign they assign a lawyer to me to like deal with it. And whenever I deal with those lawyers, I get so mad at them. There's just. I mean, I just feel like all they want to do is bend the knee uh, to whoever is complaining, whatever other like. Hey, I think we should settle. I'm like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not settling. Nothing, nothing. No, we're fine. I'm, I don't want to settle. So I get in those arguments with, with the lawyers. And last time 
I ended up uh, last time I, I felt like that was a, ne- a necessity. I dropped the lawyer, the lawyer team and just wrote the letter back to the board myself and they got, and it got dismissed. And I was like, great. Um, yeah. Well, I had a, I mean, I like the lawyers that I've been assigned, but the last two, I had to put, I had to do a lot of input because now I'm like super experienced with this stuff. Yeah. So, uh, one time I had a complaint and the lawyer said, Oh, this doesn't sound so good. And I said, no, you have to read, just read through this. And I showed him the holes in the patient's, uh, uh, you know, statement. Yeah. And I, I wrote the narrative and he put it together and, uh, that got dismissed. And I got a current one now that's, uh, pending, but the guy who wrote the, the lawyer wanted to assign me this random dentist in Miami who has less experience than me. Yeah. And in one of my prior um, lawsuits, I had the, one of the ex uh, Florida board chairman write me a defense. So I said, well, why don't you use him? He's, he's, he's available. He's written in defense of me before. Get him. So they did, they got him and he wrote a nice uh, defense letter. So hopefully they'll uh, dismiss this complaint also. But it's like uh, with these lawyers, you have to, you have to be active in your defense. Yeah. That was the main that was the main mistake of my divorce. I wasn't active. I, I took his um, I took his advice too readily. If, mm. I, uh, if, if I had to ever go through that again, I would be more active. You That's know, it's like these lawyers they 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 don't really give you good advice unless they see that you're informed. Then they they straighten up and they do their job. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for yeah, the lawyer. I just uh, I just had a bad understanding. We didn't get, we just didn't communicate well when my, the, my, my case that I needed help with actually one case I did one case I did, I did use a lawyer recently and it worked out really well and he was really helpful. So they're not always terrible, but, um, no, it just depends on who you get like anything else. Yeah. Well, um, Hey Steve, um, before I go, um, one last thing I need to do, I need to do we on my podcast. I do a secret word. So I have a lot of patients that listen to my podcast and, uh, I give away $500 of free dental work in my office, um, every single week. And it's based on a secret word. And I'm going to put you on the spot to reveal a secret, any word you want, any phrase you want can be anything, but I usually give that honor to my guests to come up with a secret word. Then our listeners can email that word and they can use the $500 themselves, or they can gift it to someone else who needs it. Um, can you think of a word or phrase that's fitting that you would like to uh, uh, put out that put out there as the secret word for for this episode. Yeah, democracy. Democracy, fantastic, love it. <laughs> <laughs> democracy on the eve of the acquittal, second acquittal of of our former president. Uh, I know you were probably pretty you're probably pretty excited about that, right? Yeah, I posted a, a thing last night. Me and my girlfriend went out to dinner, and I posted a celebrating. I saw uh, that. I saw that, dude. That's great. Oh, listen up. The word is democracy. That's our secret word. I want you to email the word democracy to drilledpodcast at gmail.com. The fifth person to get that email in will be the one I will choose uh, to award $500 of free dental work to for you or anyone that you want to gift that to. That's fantastic. Uh, I thought the acquittal was, I I thought the, I thought the impeachment, the second one and the first one, um, and I'm not a Trump supporter. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I don't vote for either party. I'm a more of a, I'm super anti, I think governments, uh, I'm against everybody. Basically I can't be pleased, but what a waste of time. 
what a waste of time. Monumental waste of time. And they all knew it was a waste of time. They knew it. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I'm a huge Trump supporter. And like me and Trump, we're, we're pretty much cut from the same cloth. Like I, I totally understand. I, got, I know what's going on in his brain because I grew up. I grew up in New York like Trump. Okay. And my father was like Trump's father. I came from the same background. And I know what that guy's thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, listen. I'm not yeah, against. Really, I'm not. I'm not against Trump supporters. I'm not against Biden supporters. I I, I understand people got to have their people ha- got to have their team. Actually, I could be. I could be against all of it. Probably if I thought about it too hard. But uh, I try to let people live their life. Um, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, we'll have to have you on again. We'll have a whole. We'll have a whole thing about Trump and Biden. That'd be great. I love it. Oh yeah, I could go on for hours. I know you could. That'd be great. Great content for us, Steve. Hey, Steve, yeah. thank you for um, all your time today. Appreciate it. I hope this is the first yeah, no of a, I hope this is the first of many, many appearances on the podcast. I, I appreciate not only that you're coming from a bastion of freedom that is Florida, but you're one of the last bastions of reasonable price dentistry, which I believe is one of the big things plaguing our profession is is where the price of dentistry is going. So I appreciate your philosophy. In how you practice, and I think that's amazing, and I think your patients definitely appreciate that as well. Um, yeah, they do. They do. Listen, you can find Stephen Mottner on Facebook. I highly recommend you subscribe to his uh, Mottie's blog Facebook page, which is where he leaves all these little nuggets of wisdom. You can go buy his yeah, book. I'm for another one. I'm yeah, for another one. It's been. It's been. I, it's, I, I've been having like. I've been having like writer's block lately because I've written so many. I've already covered so many topics that that annoy me so. I think I have another one coming. It, uh, it, it's um, I just read in the ADA news that the ADA is pushing for dentists to um, you know, vaccinate people for COVID. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be something along that lines, like mocking that, and you know, maybe other things that dentists don't normally do that we should be doing. You know. <laughs> I like where that's going. I think you can go. I think you can Any, do well with that. Anything but dentistry. Think... They want us to do anything but dentistry. That's right. A crown prep. A cleaning with a dreaded Cavatron, no good. But yes, let's vaccinate people. Let's get Botox. <laughs> let's uh, check their A1C level, or their you know, let's give them a psychological session. But God forbid, we cannot do dentistry anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I agree with you, man. It's crazy. It's a crazy world out there. Hey, I'm gonna let yeah. you go, Steve. We're gonna wrap this up. Uh, we're gonna get you okay. on again. I'm gonna get you on again okay. sometime. I am. I am. Uh, I hope this is the first of many Montner appearances. Because the thing is, like, whenever I bring Dennis on, I feel like uh, there's this uh, always like a like a tension of like I don't really we don't practice the same. I don't practice the same as anybody, but me and you practice the same, and I appreciate that. So um, yeah. take Thank it you. easy, Steve. Thanks for your thanks for coming Thank in. You. For all those people listening, please leave a review. Please leave. Um, please share this if you'd like, and uh, please keep listening. We'll join. We'll be joined next week by someone else, and we'll have another conversation. And thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. See you later. Mm-hmm.